Hey everybody, I want to welcome you to this edition of Bible News Radio, and I want to tell you that this edition is especially special for a couple of reasons. Number one, I know the guests personally, and number two, we're going to be playing some music from our our guest, Sherry Keggy. Um, and before though, I get into the interview, I want to let you know a couple of things. First of all, don't forget to download our new mobile app. It's called Heart Tug International. If you go to the Play Store or iOS Store, you can just put in Heart Tug International. It should come right up. Download it because we have video. Uh, we have a video behind the scenes interview with Sherry in the app, and also we have a number of other things inside our app. We have a lot of great stuff inside of our app. If if you don't know, we ended up getting an app because our show was banned on YouTube, and we needed a safe platform to uh to put stuff so make sure you do that and make sure you share this particular interview with people i think it's going to minister to a lot of people if you don't know who sherry is um she is a contemporary christian music artist and she's ministered for 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 about 30 years she's been around for a long long time she had her debut album was called child of the father uh, which was re- released in 1994. Um, she has 10 albums, nine number one songs, three Dove Award nominations, and she actually won a Dove Award, which is super cool, you know? So she has been around for quite some time, and, um, and you know, and you probably know a lot of her music, like there's joy in the Lord, there's love in the Spirit, there's hope in the knowledge of Him. You know that song? That was her. That's That's who wrote that. You know, Um, so what we're going to do today, though, is we're going to talk about her newest CD called What I Know to Be True. And on her website, it says what I know to be true celebrates both the joy of marriage and becoming a grandparent and the devastating sorrow of losing a loved one to suicide. And she actually talks about her dad in this uh, CD, in this interview. She tells us a little bit more about that. And so. You know what? This is a powerful interview, in my opinion. Um, and I want you to know that if you are somebody who's a deep thinker, a deep feeler, a person of faith, um, and you want something very real, uh, Sherry's pastor referred to this CD as gut-wrenchingly mature. So I will tell you that I have fallen in love with this CD because because it's real, because it's so real. Um, And so what I want to do in in this CD, which is in this interview, which is a little bit different than what I normally do, um, I want to start out by playing one of her songs. I'm going to play the song Abandonment Wound. I want you to hear this song, and then we're going to go ahead and jump into the interview. And then after the interview is over, Um, I'm going to close the show out, not with my normal ending that I normally do, but I'm going to close it out with um, another song that we will be talking about in this interview. So kick back, go go, go get yourself some coffee or some water, anything that you like to drink. Get yourself in a quiet place. Get a journal. I I really want to encourage you to get a pen and a piece of paper and take some notes 
and pay attention to what Sherry shares with us because this is a real message uh, and I think it's timely for so many of us. So enjoy now the, the song Abandonment Wound and then we'll go ahead and like I said, get into the interview and then we'll play another closing song at the end of the interview. What do I do with the abandonment wound that you left me with when you left me this? Isn't how it's supposed to be. I needed you close to me, but you chose to leave. Why am I so darn affected by this? I am stuck in the cold, dark in the center of it. Left without needed protection Somehow this feels like rejection Rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord. 
for he has been good to me. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing You will not abandon me to the grave. You have made known to me the path of life. May your unfailing love be my comfort according to your promise to your servant. Let your compassion come to me that I may I absolutely love that song and I'm I'm just I just love that song all right I'm gonna go ahead I'm gonna um, direct you now to the actual interview that we did it's about 42 minutes and then at the very end of the interview we're gonna go ahead and play two more songs off this wonderful CD well Sherry I want to say hi welcome back to Bible News Radio glad that you're here Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, so, you know, last time you were here, um, we got to talk about your other CD, which I absolutely love. And now this this time we're getting to talk about what I know to be true, which um, I, I can tell you, and I've already told you, pre, you know, offline here, that this, this CD has ministered to me greatly um, in so many ways. Uh, and I know that it was born out of a lot of pain, um, but also joy, right, for you. Uh-huh. So I wanted to start by asking you, first of all, um, because, you know, I don't think a lot of people know who who do music and who are in ministry full time. You know, what was it like for you to actually raise money for this CD? You know, and let's go back to the beginning <laughs> of like, how did this start? Because I know when I do things and I'm stepping out in faith to do stuff, um, that is often the place where I get stuck. And I think a lot of people get stuck. So would you mind talking a little bit about that part of your journey? Sure. Uh, definitely. Oh man, you use the word stuck and I was so stuck. (laughs) I was so stuck. And, and yet God had given me these songs through some life circumstances. And I, and I knew that my, my responsibility was to steward the songs in some kind of way, you know, (laughs) um, and to do the best that I could to try to share them in some way. And, uh, and also believing that um, my God will supply all my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And so um, I, I, I don't know who was it that said that what God orders, he pays for. <laughs> Never heard so, that. Yeah. I don't know who said that, but um, 
so yeah, stepping out in faith. In fact, uh, yeah. So I had done two albums prior to this one uh, using a crowdfunding platform called Kickstarter and huge leap of faith. And so, but I had seen God provide uh, through that means. And so this time around, it was the same. He provided, uh, and I did a GoFundMe and uh, you know, the pe people were still, you know, it had been seven years since my prior, my previous album, seven years. And so, um, you know, it was sweet to me that people would, we were still interested in hearing something new from Sherry, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But with fear and trembling, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a big ask. Um, and yet God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, as we know. So he can, um, you know, he can do what, what seems impossible to us is nothing to him. <laughs> I know. And yet we make a big deal out of it, don't we? We do. We do. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you that we had a, a situation where we were like needing money for like bills to pay. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Randall goes out of town and I'm stressed out because he's out of town. I'm going through this big stack of mail on my table, junk mail. And I never throw anything away without opening it, even if it's junk mail. But I don't open. I just throw it on the table. I open this piece of junk mail. It turns out there's a lot of money in there that I wasn't expecting from an unexpected source that was exactly what we needed. Uh -huh. Nothing had been sitting there for three months. Oh, no. <laughs> so God does provide, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. And it's uh -huh. just one of these things where, um, but, but part of what you do is you, you're, you have to market this, right? Uh -huh. um, and yeah, you have, you have name recognition, but so how hard is that for you to do though? I mean, cause. Uh, the, the marketing part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it because, you know, mm -hmm. I, you're probably not expecting this conversation, but I, I think it's important for people to understand the process of what you did in order to get it into my hand or in their hand. Yeah, right. I call it the administration of ministry. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, there's like the calling, you know, the giftings that God gives that he distributes and such. But there's a lot of semantics, you know, and uh, crossing the T's and dotting the I's and a lot of communication and emails and logistics that come into play and so uh i've had to learn how to ask for help you know when with certain things that i don't know how to do to ask for help and um and in some cases to hire people that have areas of expertise that i do not and uh, i certainly did that this time around uh actually had some help with marketing and because uh, the, the music industry has changed since i first came on the scene back in the 90s mm -hmm. you know and so there's been a learning curve for me for sure. Um, but then also uh, what a gift for me to work together with Phil Kagi as we co-produced this record. And he was such, so, so willing to share of his gifts um, and to help me record this music and felt um, compelled and moved by the songs and also knowing where I had walked. Um, so the Lord, and, and and also he had a sensitivity to where I was emotionally in my healing journey, you know, yeah. um, and and 
<clears throat> I, I feel like that I post post losing my dad, which is a much of what this album is about when it when the title is what I know to be true it was that's a, a line from a song that I wrote and sang at my dad's memorial service when um, uh, he actually made the choice to take his own life. And um, so that rocked my world uh, in a big way. And, and so it was in that, in that way that I needed to be reminded of the things that I know to be true, you know, um, that God is good, that I can, I can stand on the scriptures. I can believe in the promises that, that, um, that I know that I, can be reunited with dad in heaven because he was a believer and we're not just father and daughter, but brother and sister in Christ. Um, so, um, but all of that to say, so I was moving slowly through the process of recording this album and Phil was uh, willing to do it in a manner, in a speed at a pace that I could handle, you know, yeah. yeah. And, and for those who don't know that Phil is your uncle, uh -huh. I know a lot of people think he's, he was your dad, but he's not your dad. He's your uncle. It, it drives me crazy when other people say that he was, anyway, I, I don't know. It probably drive, it would drive me crazy. But um, so in your, in your father's suicide, which is horrible. I mean, we all, I mean, I, I know people who've committed suicide. So, I mean, there's, it's it's an unexpected way to die, right? Um, but at the same time, I loved how you wrote in one of your songs um, uh, from Psalm 116, 15, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. I have to tell you that that, um, for me, takes the sting out of it. And, you know, and a lot of other people too, you know, suicide in the church is, is high, I think. Um, but there are seven, I think it's seven recorded suicides in the Bible. Of yes. In six, I think six of the seven or five of the seven were of believers, you know, so there is still eternal security if that happens for a believer, I think. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and anyway, going back to the Psalm 116, I, I right. love that. <laughs> I love that. I love the line in there where you talk about how that it's a joy for the Lord, you know, because I've read that before. And, and the way that you put that lyrically, I just was like, yeah, I was actually telling my therapist about it not too long. Oh. <laughs> I said, you have to uh, got to hear this song, you wow. know? Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, specifically that verse ministered to me deeply the night I got news, the call from my sister in California that dad had, um, did what he did and uh i it, i wasn't in a place where i could even open my bible and read or anything uh as i so often do when i'm emotionally overwhelmed or something i turn to the scripture turn to the scripture but the holy spirit gave me just brought to right to the front precious in the sight of the lord is the death of the saints and i just kept saying that again and again and it hit me in a new way. Wow, this horrible thing. Is, is it possible that I, I just kept saying, Lord, please take care of my daddy tonight, you know, <laughs> that um, I knew that the Lord would be faithful to receive him. And that was of great comfort, you know. Uh, so I thank God for that, for meeting me, you know, in that crisis point and uh, 
that verse has continued to minister to me. <laughs> yeah, I think that's great. Um, and you, you also talk about that. I, we talked a little bit earlier about the, uh, the other song, Abandonment Wound, um, which is also another really profound song, especially if, because we've all experienced some type of abandonment, you know, um, mm -hmm. how, how did you, and, and I, I particularly love that song because I love all the scripture in it. I just, I love, I just, I, you know, I'm going to, I'll tell you what I did. Don't, don't be mad at me for this, <laughs> but I literally took the middle part of that song and I recorded it on my phone like four or five times. So I could just uh -huh. listen to that scripture part. Oh yeah. Because, because yeah. that ministered to me in such a great way. Now I, I don't reckon it mend everybody else do that, but I did buy a sequel, so. <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. It's all good. I mean, the scripture is free, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh boy. Um, yeah, that was um, powerful in the studio. There's something powerful about speaking God's word with our mouth. It's one thing when we read it, quietly silently but uh something you know when god uh, created the world he spoke the world into existence um he said and and so so there's something powerful when, when we speak his words and i was overcome in the studio when i was reading those scriptures um and you know interesting when i came to fill with that song i didn't have a bridge if your listeners know some song structure, you know, verse, chorus, refrain, whatever. I didn't have, to me, the song wasn't really finished. I wasn't quite sure. Uh, but then it just morphed into this scripture thing, which I don't think, although I always, I often infuse scripture into my songwriting, I don't know that I had ever done a, a speaking thing on a recording like that. Yeah. Um, so it was really cool. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I mean, that that's what I love. I love, I mean, I love the whole thing. I love your song. I, I love them all. Um, but the the other song, Hold On to the Harvest. I know that's that's one of your favorite songs on the CD too, right? Yes, I I, I love it. And that's a compelling um really <laughs> bait. I, I pulled it from a devotional, Springs in the Valley, mm -hmm. um, the companion to streams in the desert. Yeah. And, and so I took that content and kind of, uh, manipulated it and maneuvered it and moved it around and added a melody to, um, to make this song. And oh, isn't it, I, I, initially I was, my working title for the song was the pruning song. Mm. <laughs> and, and sometimes you just have like a working title. Yeah. And then when we came to the studio, um, um, Phil really loved this too. And, and, and then we settled on, oh, we should call it hold on till harvest. And it's, it's hard being in a season of, of pruning, um, but the Lord is loving and he is intentional and he, um, he is interested in our fruit bearing, <laughs> you know? And, um, so, uh, uh, I love the song just about abiding too. the the concept of abiding, resting in um, in the vine, you know, and uh, I have needed that so much in my life. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and I think that's uh, something that we, you know, people, I think in the Christian world, sometimes we can be really trite, you know, 
I, mean, I think of the old song, you're the vine, here's, you know, we're the branches, you know, John 15, everybody knows that's that chapter. Um, but like you, the, the pruning, nobody talks about what goes through that process when you go through it. And it was, it's funny because like you, I journal a lot too. And I was journaling not too long ago and, and the Lord was like, you know what? You're in a pruning process. And I'm like, yay. <laughs> Maybe, thank you, Lord. You know, uh, kind of sarcastic a little bit. Exactly. But, but when you think about it, you know, um, when, when you really think about that process of it, um, and then you go and do it yourself on a tree or something, you know, you look out there, you look at what happens. Um, and then you look at the fruit of what happens afterwards. Certain fruit can't be birthed until that happens. Um, and I think the older that we get in our spiritual life, uh, I think there's there's more mature fruit that comes forth as opposed to in the beginning of our our walk with the Lord. I mean, if you look at being a little sprout when you're just young and then you look later and you got this big branch and this big bush of fruit, we don't know what our harvest is, right? We don't produce it actually, God does. Um, but we have to be, you know, <laughs> you know, and so I just think that's really profound. And that's one of the things I love uh, talking to to artists like you who've been around for a long time um, in, in producing a long time uh, because you can see a person's growth and maturity over the years. And I, I think you couldn't have written, you could not have done the CD 30 years ago. No, for sure. And interestingly, um, my pastor had such an interesting turn of phrase after he had listened through to the album four times, he said. And then I saw him that following Sunday, he said, um, he said, it's gut-wrenchingly mature. Mm -hmm. It is. <laughs> and uh, so that was a, it's just a, a very interesting, you know, uh, uh, overview to come away with that. And wow. Yeah. You know, and that's the Lord um, takes us to deep, deep places. And we have a choice in that when these things happen in our lives, you know, are we going to turn away in resentment and bitterness and unforgiveness um, or, you know, just a posture of life isn't fair or will we take all our pains and bring them to the Lord and cry out to the Lord and avail our hearts to him, give him access to our hearts and allow him to use that very thing to create something beautiful in us. It's something useful for the kingdom. You know, it's a really a beautiful picture that we remain pliable in his hands. And it oftentimes involves some measure of suffering, you know, yeah. but also the scripture that says that we are called to participate in the sufferings of Christ. And uh, sometimes that's our, un our own doing. And sometimes it's the doing of others, um, but boy, what he will do when we surrender, you know, those things and say, Lord, I don't know about this, but you know, please make something good of this not good thing. And uh, he is faithful to do it. Yeah, he is. Well, and that's one of the themes in your CD is that he, his faithfulness, you know, and that going back to the abandonment wound song, you know, you, you talk about 
um, people not, you know, getting over it and stuff, you know, we're going to do this. It, but then that other, you, you say it's his faithfulness. And, and I, I was like, oh, that is so true. And, you know, how many times have you, you know, I mean, we hear these things again, the, you know, the Christian world often were very trite in throwing out phrases, but then when you, when it's really in your face and you have to believe it, like you have that song, hope is believing too. It's like, all right, do I really believe this? When, you know, your father ended his life, it's like, okay, do I really believe what I believe? You know, um, when you were divorced, I mean, in the Christian world, you know, I've talked to a couple of other Christian artists who were divorced and just how they were, you know, rejected by the church and, you know, and hurt and stuff. And it's like, all right, despite this and that, nobody knows the circumstances really, except you, God, and the other person. It's like, how, what do you hold on to? It's, it's not, it's, you know, going to false anger, your other song, you know, <laughs> it, it goes to what do you really believe? And if you really believe me, then I'm faithful and I give yeah. you hope, right? Tell me a little bit more about, about um, your false anchor song, because that was the first song actually on the CD that really hit me personally. When okay. I first, when I first, I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> false anchor. Well, uh, man, it's so interesting because I wrote that song, you know, I wrote it before dad passed and the, what is it? The opening lyric, uh, it can't be my father. It can't be my mother. It can't be my husband or my son. Meaning I can't put, put all my security in those relationships or, or, a a retirement plan or, a insurance or a home or a car or, a or, a uh, status or reputation, whatever. Uh, those are all false anchors. I have to put my anchor firmly in Christ. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure, the scripture says. And um, interestingly, the Lord used that. I was on a spiritual retreat, um, but this is before my husband and I got married. And uh, that was our theme verse. Uh, Hebrews 6, 19 was our theme verse for the weekend. And um, we we knew that we desired to be married. And um, yet I had fears and uh, and the Lord's just really kind of just set me free of some of those fears on that weekend. And um, and I knew I, he, the Lord, I just felt so held by the Lord that he was showing me, Sherry, your anchor, you, I am your anchor. You know, it's not going to be in, in a husband. It's not going to be. So what a relief, you know, for we as flawed human beings, when, when we don't put that weight on someone else, because it's not theirs to bear, you know? And so when I put all the weight on Christ, it, it, it then enables us to be the flawed human beings that we are, you know, <laughs> because I'm not looking to my husband for salvation, um, and nor is he looking to me for that. Right. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Was that the, that was the one where you ended it with the lyrics from a hymn too, right? Yeah. Yes. I mm -hmm. love that. That was yes. awesome. Oh, thank you. How you wove that into that. And that's one of the things I just love about your music is that you pull from devotions and other things and really tell that story. 
Mm -hmm. um, how, what inspired that? You know, just as did just come to you? Um, or... <laughs> well, isn't that? Yeah, I think that. Uh, I don't. Well, just that 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 hymn that was at the second verse. I think that talks about the uh, when darkness hides thy lovely face. Da, 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 da. I rest on that God's unchanging grace. And the, the thing about the anchor holds, I can't even, I can't even quote it right now, um, but it just tied in with the anchor. Our anchor is in Christ, you know, um, and what a beautiful, beautiful thing to tether ourselves to, um, because there's so much in this world that's uncertain, really, truly. Um, mm. And all the more as the days, you know, as the days go by, oh my Lord, what's happening in our world? Oh my gosh, I, I better, I better anchor myself to Christ. He is our only hope. He is my only hope. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> and and I think and that that is so true. And just so you know, you can blame everything on menopause. We're at that age. <laughs> you forget, right? You know, I mean Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> oh, my dad, my dad would say sometimes if he would forget something or he would say that slipped, that one slipped off the plate. Yeah. <laughs> what is what is one thing that you would like your dad to know about making the CD? Uh, that's a good question, Stacy. Uh you know, this was a hard one. This CD was so hard birthed. I can't even tell you. <laughs> um, but God's love and God's love towards me can compelled me. It it we're compelled by God's love, you know, to overcome the hurdles, to at times set aside our own emotions about things. And that's not to say you can't, you know, that we're not to feel the feelings you as a counselor understand this, you know, we've got to feel the feelings and all of that. But at some time we just need to go, it's not about us, you know? And so um, I think my dad, you know, it was a year or so before I even shared after, after he passed, it was a year or so before I even shared that he had taken that, the piece about how, yeah. and because I so wanted to honor my dad, you know, and, and, uh, all the good things about him. And this was just one mistake, you know, one bad choice in a moment of despair. And, um, and yet, as I think about it, you know, okay, dad's in heaven, he's totally free. <laughs> and, um, the Lord, it says in revelation, behold, I am making everything new. And, um, and so, I think the Lord just sort of released me to go, you know, it doesn't matter. Dad's okay. Where mm -hmm. I'm okay. Um, I can share this piece and I can share these, you know, hard birth songs and trust that um, someone else has been there. You know, someone else has been in the, uh, what did I describe in that song? The, in the cold, darkened center of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um and found the Lord. You know, one thing I learned in that, in my grief journey was, I think in the, in the past, in my Christian walk, when things would happen, I, I learned to quote scripture, you know, I learned to stand on the word, uh, all these things. But in this, there was not a quick fix. 
and I was frustrated with the process of, of grief. And I even questioned how, how, how is this going to affect my witness if I can't seem to climb out of this thing, you know? And in that place, because I felt so broken and unable to fix it. And in that place, though, I had the faith, the gift of faith enough to know that God was holding me. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't anything I had to do, really. Right. <laughs> I, I needed to abide and I needed to trust that he was holding me and that at some point he would see me through to the other side of the thing. And, and that is what he has done. And that's what I can now say to that person who's in the cold, dark, and center of your circumstance, um, that it's okay to be there, <laughs> um, right? And to let, to let him love you in that place. And even the body of Christ, my husband, my family, my, my girlfriends who would pray for me, um, let those people uh, stand in that place with you. Um, and, and, um, what is it, that old, that group? I think they're called the afters. Uh, they had a song, I think it's them. They had a song called, um, well, the lyric was, I, I believe, I believe enough for the both of us. Mm. You know, the mm. band I'm thinking of anyway, no. I, I could be <laughs> mixing, mixing it up, but sometimes we need others to stand in a place of belief for us when we can't believe for ourselves. Right. You know, and, um, and that's very comforting, you know, um, when you're uh, in a fog as I was uh, to, to lean on the faith of others and um, you know, he'll, he sees us through. I will say, I will say, well, go ahead. Say what you were going to say. Here's a a beautiful verse. Ecclesiastes 7, 4 says the heart of the wise is in the house of mourning. Right. (laughs) And my pastor had said in sermons from time to time that we, we gain more from funerals than we do from birthdays, for example. (laughs) And it's so true. You know, the, the grace in, in seasons of lament, we experience God's grace more fully um, his sustaining grace. And there's a tenderness about our hearts and a desperation and a need. Uh, many times we're in lighter seasons of life, we're very self-sufficient and we're very um, self-reliant, I guess is the word. Mm-hmm. But when things are stripped away, we become very reliant on the Lord, you know, yeah. and, and then we experience his all-sufficiency. I think that's one of the beauties of getting older. <laughs> yeah. so, um, it's, you know, one of my favorite verses is, um, I forgot it, but, but it's the one that talks about having gray hair, you know? Oh, yes. And I the used crown to, of, the crown of the age. Yeah, the crown of the age. You know, it, it's, it's interesting, you know, a lot of people dye their hair, you know, and, and I don't have a problem with that. That's not my point. But, you know, it says the gray hair is the crown of glory, right? And I never understood that it wasn't actually about the color of the hair. It wasn't until later I I realized, oh, it's actually about getting older and realizing that there is a maturity to that. And, you know, the grief process is, um, I think what a lot of people don't 
understand or we haven't been taught it is that trauma we hold it in our body mm. you know and you know there's a there's a there's a book called the body keeps the score yes. which, which is all about how when we experience trauma our body experiences it you know and remembers things you know I, like you can be walking and all of a sudden you can't breathe but maybe you don't know why maybe there's a scent that triggers you or a sound or a taste or something like that and i think that because of how our culture is it runs away from death you know and it runs away from grief we medicate it you know we medicate we addict you know we're addicted to stuff um you know we we deny it we do everything to escape that pain and yet our body will remember it you know and we're told by the church oh just quote a scripture pray about it and it will all go away but i can tell you as somebody who counseled quite a few people in my day that behind closed doors none of that happens unless you process it through however god allows you to process it through your body um and i th and that's why i think it's wonderful that as the Lord was goading you to do this, um, as much as we hate that, <laughs> that you did it anyway, because you realized that it's not all about you, you know? Right. Right. And, 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 <laughs> and it's just like a, when it talks about, um, the, the offerings, the sacrificial offerings, it, this one did feel, like a sacrifice to give this it required the lord required a lot of me um to fall to, you know to go through the steps of recording this music but i'm grateful because i can have peace with god now you know <laughs> well, I, mean, I can have peace that, that that is i think that's really important obviously um, and to the listener, you know, who's listening to this, you know, I remember, do you know who Rebecca Pipper is? Uh -uh. So she wrote the book called Out of the Salt Shaker into the World. Oh, I know that book. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this was like a really old book. But in there, she she opens the book by talking about how um, her husband was away on a missions trip and she um <clears throat> was just trying to do things around her apartment and stuff. She was trying to witness to a neighbor of hers uh, who she couldn't bond with for whatever reason. And one day she goes down to the laundry room because in the apartments, because I don't know if you've been there, but you know, remember you have to get your quarters to do your laundry. And she's just having a day where she's all upset and everything. And her neighbor comes in and, and, and sees her crying and says what's going on and rebecca was really kind of embarrassed and upset and anyway she ended up talking to this neighbor and eventually sharing christ with her and that neighbor told her you know what i was always intimidated of you because i didn't think you had any problems and i i think you know and her point was that if unbelievers can't see what jesus brings us through then how are we supposed to minister to those people, you know, who, who experience suicide or grief mm -hmm. or divorce, you know, I mean, how do we, how do we minister if we can't go, Hey, yeah, I've gone through this too. And this is what Jesus did for me. You know, I think, um, you know, God's gifted you with, with 
you know, songs and stuff. And that's read David. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, he had murder and, you know, a whole bunch of other things he had to deal with, too. So um, good stuff comes out of that. You know, diamonds are made. Mm. And I think the other thing, too, that I like about your CD is you you talk about some of the redemption. You have this redemption song. You have Oliver's song in there. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about some of the happy stuff. Yes, thank you. Um, well, we touched briefly just, you know, uh, I never wanted to be in the divorced camp and yet that's where I found myself and wrote all about that in 2012's album. So I can tell (laughs) that's, uh, that's that CD. That's my beauty for masses project. Um, But then even in that, uh, I did desire to share my life with someone, you know, Um, to, to marry again, if the Lord would have that in, in his plan for me. And, um, so it's a beautiful thing, um, to be able to love again and, you know, for your heart to even be open to that. And so that was a miracle to me as I had been just so devoted and to my first husband and, um, trying to make that work and trying to, um, believe for God's healing in that marriage and, uh, but anyway, so this album we celebrate, uh, there's a song on there called Restoration Song that's with my my now husband, I call him, <laughs> my now husband, uh, because in those single years, Jesus was my um, my heavenly husband, you know, <laughs> and he's a good husband, I found him to be, um, and just grew in my intimacy with the Lord, and so the fact that the Lord would then grant me another earth husband, who um who was pursuing god in in with the same fervor that i was um was just a wonderful blessing in my life you know i had dreamed of being able to serve the lord shoulder to shoulder with with the earth husband you know and um the lord has given me that that's cool <laughs> you just celebrated five years um uh, six years I think coming with five years, six years, something like that. That's great. Yes. Yes. So as an encouragement to your listeners, you know, just that, um, you know, God is the God of second chances, you know, and he can redeem uh, those things that maybe we feel are lost to us. He can totally redeem in our lives, you know. Mm Yeah. I think I think that's so cool. All right. I I know our time is kind of winding down here. So I am um, will give you the last word. You know, is there any other song on your CD? I know there is one called Fear and there's other ones that we didn't touch on, but you know, I know that God uses everything in this to to minister to some somebody. So do you have a final word for or think to us? Those wonderful faithful listeners of ours <laughs> yeah well uh there's a something from my streams in the desert devotional that i wrote in my journal it says sorrows come to stretch out spaces in the heart for joy mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and um you mentioned real briefly oliver's song and mm-hmm. so this is so i'd written songs for my children uh, cameron and sarah and that are now grown adults and my daughter has um is married with two uh little boys 
And so uh, this song uh, is a celebration of, you know, it's from the perspective of a mother singing to her daughter who's expecting and all the whole of what that means. Um, and I'm in a season of joy in that way, um, experiencing the joy of being a grandparent and um, loving on those boys and praying for them and playing with them. And um, it's a, it's a sweet season there. And then having my grand, my um, mother's, my mother and my husband's mother nearing, uh, living close by, were uh, in a season of um, being mindful of them and the needs that they have and serving them. And so it's, I think we're the sandwich generation, isn't it? When you have olders and youngers and, and you're, you know, before I got in this call, I was texting and talking with my daughter and, you know, so it's any and all um, life is full, you know, and God is good. And ours is to get more and more surrendered to him, I guess, as the days go on and as uh, circumstances come along uh, to be more and more free and more and more whole in him so that we can pour out our lives like a drink offering um, to others. As you said, you know, that we can share the hard parts of our stories, but God's redeeming love in it and give hope to others, you know? <laughs> yeah, redeeming love, I like that. <laughs> heard that before. Oh uh, yeah, I think it's a it's a book and a movie. <laughs> yeah, I've heard, I've heard. All right, so everybody, um, you can get Sherry's uh, CD at her website. You know, um, do you, are, are you still selling, you're still autographing them and stuff if people wanna get it from you or? Yes, yes, for those that want the physical CD, otherwise, yes, so I'm happy to send that. And otherwise I'm on all the streaming platforms um to listen that way i'm on youtube and so forth so and hopefully maybe some more lyric videos in the future <laughs> or videos <laughs> of any kind in the future <laughs> i hope so i think that would be great um well you know thank you for um being obedient when it when you didn't want to be or it was hard and um you know it's for me it's just been a pleasure having you on the show again and calling you friend you know yeah. I really appreciate it. And um, I know you out there, you know, you know that I I have a secret in how I promote, right? If I don't say go get it, then I'm not necessarily wanting you to go get it, but I do want you to get this. So go get it, people. Um, well, you're very, you're very kind. And there's a lot of bang for your buck because there's there's 15 songs on this album. I know. And uh, you know, because we just kept recording them. So I know it's so great. It really is. And and it will minister. I mean, it will minister to you in in a deep way, I think, you know. And I think most of my listeners, I think most of you out there listening, you know, you're in our generation X group here, you know, where you are in between different things. You're losing parents, you're getting grandkids, you know, you're dealing with illness, you know, but it's it's not all bad you know, it, it's actually, there's good in everything. It's just, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it takes time to, <laughs> to see it. And this right. CD will help you draw you closer. Like John, uh, James 4, 8 says, draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. His loving kindness is through this whole thing. And Sherry, I think that for me, um, you know, remembering that and actually going, okay, I have a duty to tell people about that. And I have a duty to remember that it's always been true, regardless of how I feel. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. He's a, 
he's a good, good God. And um, hearkening back to a song that you and I talked about, we're just lucky to be breathing his air. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song. I was just playing it the other day. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. I hope you uh, enjoyed that. Now what I want to do is I want to play the song that, that we talked about that Sherry wrote um, after her father died. It's called It Hurts to Say Goodbye to You. In it, she quotes Psalm 116, verse 15. I hope you enjoy this as much as I did.
And the last song we're going to play is called False Hope, but I really do hope you get the whole CD. It's wonderful. You can listen to it on YouTube in its entirety, but I really honestly want to encourage you to get it, to buy it and support Sherry and her work. She is a woman of the word. She is a worshiper at heart. She's real, authentic. She stands biblically with the truth and um, just bless her and enjoy this last song, False Anchor.
Maybe there's a chance I'm getting through